in the name of the crucified and risen Christ.
For the Lord then called to Ananias, one of his followers living in Damascus, to go and find Paul, of course he was called Saul then, to go and find him, bring him back to his own home, and take care of him. Ananias had heard of Paul, as sadly most Christians had, and he was not keen to take up this particular call. But he was faithful, so he did. He rescued Paul from the side of the road, brought him to his own home, and cared for him, feeding him, being kind to him, nourishing him in body and soul. After which Paul's sight was restored, after which Paul was baptized and went from being Saul to Paul, and as we know, became from that experience one of the church's great converts and one of its greatest evangelists. I expect Paul knew what he was talking about when he talked about kindness and those heaped up coals. You can't help but know that as he sat in Ananias' home being tenderly cared for, he was seared with remorse, and he was changed forever. Jesus told Paul on the road to Damascus the truth about what he was doing, persecuting Jesus by persecuting his followers. And then, through Ananias, Jesus loved him into a new life. Jesus did not reject Paul. He reclaimed him. So that's a story about this funny coming together of an experience of real guilt and pain and anguish that has been met by the reclamation of a soul. I have a story of my own that's not nearly that dramatic, but it is important to me and I share it now. When I first moved to New York City, I went to work for an organization that still exists called Bread for the World. It's a Christian citizens lobby around hunger issues. It's a good organization. It was quite new then. It's been around now a long time. I was in my early 20s. I worked there. There were about 25 of us or so on the staff. But somewhere in that, one of my colleagues, a man named Terry, who was probably in his middle 30s, told me one day something in confidence, and he was very clear it was in confidence, that he did not want me to share it with anyone else. I will tell you now, I have no recollection of what it was that he told me. But what I do recall is that I didn't keep the confidence. I told somebody. And I felt badly that I'd done that, but I hoped, as most people do, when we do such things that maybe Terry would not find out. Terry did. And Terry called me out on it. And as someone who saw herself as a Christian, as someone who saw herself as a good person, it was horrifying 
and mortified, and I was wrapped with guilt. As I say, I can't even remember what it was. But the thing that has kept this story with me all these years is that Terry, who had every right to dismiss me as a friend, if he couldn't dismiss me as a colleague, did no such thing. Terry forgave me and told me that it would be all right and that I was loved. And it was burning coals that led to redemption. And I can promise you that if you tell me something incompetent, it goes nowhere. And then there's the gospel. The gospel and the story about Peter and Jesus, what it means to be a Christian. Peter, unlike Paul, was, as we know, one of Jesus' very first disciples, one of the ones who followed Christ, leaving his former life behind and never looking back. Indeed, right before this passage, it is Peter who both realizes and declares that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. It is a moment of clarity and triumph for Peter and for Jesus, who has been showing them and teaching them what it means to do God's work and will. And in that story, Jesus declares that it is upon Peter, the rock, that he will build his church. If only the story had ended there. But Jesus has more to reveal and tells Peter and the other disciples what his messiahship will entail. And it looks nothing like what they imagined or hoped for. For Jesus talks about suffering. He talks about his death. And Peter cannot stand it. So Peter objects, not just objects, but rebukes Jesus for saying these ridiculous and offensive things. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus declares that the rock has become a stumbling block. And Peter is himself rebuked with the very words that Jesus used to repel the devil when the devil was tempting Jesus in the wilderness. That has to have stung. But then what? Then what? Well, the next thing we know, if you're reading along in Matthew's Gospel, Peter, Peter is one of the three invited to come along with Jesus as he ascends the mountain, the mountain which will be the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus is revealed standing alongside Moses and Elijah. Jesus keeps loving Peter. I expect it felt like burning coals. I expect so most of all when Jesus kept loving Peter 
even after Peter denied him three times on the night of Jesus' arrest. There is a couple of words from a song that kept occurring to me as I was thinking about this sermon. And it's the line, love hurts. Love does hurt. Because we're vulnerable to the other. But love wins. Maybe not at first, but always. They killed Jesus, just as he said they would. And he asked that his killers be forgiven. That's where Stephen, the first martyr, learned about asking for such forgiveness. They killed Jesus, and he gave us resurrection. Love wins, always. So what about us now, in our very particular here and now? What have we done that we know we ought not to have done? And maybe worse, what has happened when someone has called us out? Maybe they've called us out on our privilege. Maybe they've called us out on our unconscious racism. Well, the truth is, when that happens, what we need to do is deal with it. Not deny it, deal with it. Maybe we find in these fraught days in our country that we feel we need to call someone else out about behavior that seems profoundly unchristian to us. If we need to do that, we should do that. But then, then what? When we have been called out and we have called someone else out, then what? Then what? Then love. Because otherwise we will continue, whether we think we are righteous or guilty, to be persecutors of Christ. And we don't want to be that. We want to be among the band of former persecutors of Christ. We want to be Christian. So we love in word, in action, every time. Because Jesus loves us and love wins always. Amen.